Good afternoon, SF Music Tech. How are you doing out there? That sounds pretty good. I mean, at 1 o'clock after lunch, I'm kind of like, blurg. But you guys are still into it, and it's great. My name is David Downs. I'm a San Francisco freelancer. I cover art and technology for places like Wired, Rolling Stone, The Onion, and The New York Times. I uh, interview DJs for San Francisco Examiner every week. I write music app reviews for Billboard, and I'm really excited to moderate this panel on product launches and demos. Give a round of applause to our people here. This is cool. We got, we got companies here who handle lyric rights, who handle music release platforms, and music recognition software, and music collaboration software, and discovery. And what happens is they get eight minutes to uh, do a demo of five minutes, and then three minutes of Q&A. So if you have questions as they're talking, make sure to write them down, and maybe we'll try to handle them um, at the end. And, uh, and yeah, let's get started. Our first uh, presenter is Andrew Stess from uh, Lyric Find, and um, they're the world's leader in legal lyric solutions. They, um, they, you know, five million searches a day on Google are for lyrics, and uh, these guys are uh, how you make your music company who, that's involved with lyrics uh, legal. So legality is good, legality is the future, and Andrew Stess, take it away. So, I'll just, oh, hey. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he just took it away. It's kabuki, you know, what do you expect? Um, so, I've been coming to SF Music Tech since number one. Yeah, yeah. and this is a great conference. And I moderated a panel the first year. It was the last panel before the beer, and uh, we had the, a packed place, and it was such amazing energy. And every year, it just, or every, year, every time, it just gets better. So I want to thank Brian for having us up again, and we love this place. So, so I usually either moderate a panel or a model panel. I'm not the keynote kind of guy. I don't like to, and we're not doing a demo. It's just really a big announcement. First, how many people know who Lyric Find uh, is? All right, so I don't need to do the big intro. He just did that a little bit. Um, we've been doing this for 10 years. It's, it's, it's been a while. We, it's been growing. You know, our customers are Amazon and Pandora, iHeartRadio, Shazam, SoundHound, and um, we want to make it easy for you to get lyrics, and we've been doing that. We've got the best content, got great APIs uh, the, the, for reporting, for back-end infrastructure, everything. All, we do the lyrics by literally people with headphones typing in the lyrics. We're not getting them from the, from the publishers. It's a, big, it's a big deal. People don't really understand how big of a deal it is. And then we want to make it easy for you guys to have the lyrics, to license the lyrics. So the announcement we have, and it's, you know, a lot, I've got it on my uh, Facebook, and we have press, press releases down there, is that we did a deal with Universal. Everybody's heard of Universal. They've been partners, great partners for years, and we're now the, the exclusive third-party licensor for Universal Lyrics. So if you want lyrics from Universal, you've got to go to us now, and we're proud to do that. They, wanted, they, were, look, they were seeking out one partner to do it. They put out an RFP, and, and uh, we were proud that they selected us. So we're, we're psyched to grow the relationship. I always say with lyrics, you're never done. There's never a checkbox where you've, you've got them all done. Never going to have 100%. And uh, you're always trying to make the company better in the territories, local content, different languages, all those things. And this deal just makes us stronger, makes the industry stronger, and we hope to grow and get more startups and companies and do what we do. So it's you know, no, like I said, I'm not going to stand here and talk for five minutes and babble on, which I'm doing right now. But uh, <laughs> so that's that's basically it. And we just wanted to announce it here. We love this conference; it's our favorite conference. It's my favorite one because I live 35 miles away too, so it's a, it's easy to get to. But it's it's a the energy here is amazing, and uh, we look forward to the next uh, 20 years uh, doing this conference. Right? <laughs> Anybody got any questions? So 
I got one. Okay, David does. Um, so how do major labels feel about um, people trying to get their hands on their lyrics and monetize them? Um, and then second would be any advice for new companies that are hoping to work in the sort of lyric space? Well, the publishers love the monetization of it. I mean, earlier I was on the licensing panel and it was all about uh, the guys uh, from the publishing companies about, about monetizing, about you know, generating revenue. So, re revenue. so what we do is we do the deals with our partners and we generate revenue for the songwriters and the publishers. And that's really when you, it comes down to it. Not a lot, or a lot is talked about people not making money or not making enough money. What we do is as we grow our business, the songwriters and publishers make money. And at the end of the day, that's our, one of our, our biggest things, if not the biggest thing that we do, is generating revenue. So uh, they love it. Yeah. What was the second question? Um, any advice for new companies that are <coughs> hoping to launch in the lyrics space, that use lyrics for their apps or websites or whatever? Well, I mean, you know, I get a lot of, we get a lot of emails every day from new companies. And the barrier of entry isn't that, isn't that high. Very low minimums. Uh, we, we, we look at our customers as partners because if you're successful, you're around, you grow. Uh, and for a long time, and we're together a long time, we'll all make money. And, you know, we help to empower, you know, we want to empower the companies with the lyrics to make it easy for them. So just email us and, you know, we'll do a deal. And there's lots of models. There's subscriber models with subscription services. There's per download models. There's CPM, re revenue, uh, revenue share models, advertising models. So we, we believe in putting, not putting a square peg in a round hole make it, to make it work. We want to understand your model and we'll do the right one. We're not going to force something down your throat because that's the, the, the way a publisher wants it. We've been able to be flexible enough to find the right deals for everybody. So and there you go. So I'm not going to go into the financial stuff, <laughs> but, but we've been around 10 years. Uh, I joined uh, the board in uh, 2005 or six around that, and the company started in 2004. I met the two founders, Muhammad and Daryl. They're at Music Matters, so it's sort of, uh, with our big press release, it's sort of all been on myself and our sales guy, Roy, today. Um, they, they started, um, I used, they were like 24 when they started the company. And it was um, originally, I think 2001, before it was a company, they, they did a lyric site and realized that they needed to get the rights to it. So, okay, then they, like, so they pulled the lyric site down. But before they pulled it down, they got an inquiry from a very large company who wanted to get the lyrics. So they said, hmm, you know, what can we do with this? So uh, Ted Cohen, who's on our board, uh, Daryl worked for Ted. And a uh, very short time, I guess, out of college. And uh, they went, and went for the first license and did the first major license and just sort of grew from there. Then they had all, all the licenses. And we're about 25, 26 people based in Toronto. I'm, I'm based here. I'm the, and I always get made fun of, of not having, having to pay for health care. So uh, <laughs> it, oh, it always gets annoying. It always comes up. But yeah. So, yes. So how long is the term of the... That's also, I'm not able to give any kind of contractual details like that. Sorry about that. You can still go direct. There's, there's ways to go direct, but we're the exclusive, exclusive third party. So if you want a license from anybody, you can still go direct. It's kind of a pain if you go direct because there's, remember, there's, we have deals with 3,000 plus publishers and it's worldwide. So if you're doing a deal, you're going to want to go to us because it's a one-stop shop. But you can still go direct and talk to them uh, directly. But they'll probably send, send you to us. So... That's it? Cool. Well, All right. well thanks, more. everybody. What, one more. Um, is that, I don't know any way to, like, the proper way to ask this question, but how big of a market is lyrics? Um, ten, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars? Probably uh, hundreds of millions. I, I mean, I couldn't give you a, I'll give you an honest answer. I don't know, but yeah. hundreds of millions. It, it, it's unbelievable how it's growing. And lyrics are the top two search term. You know, it's sex and lyrics. Yeah. S sexual lyrics are probably number one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
I'm always curious what number three is. I know a few years ago it was Facebook. I don't know what number three is, but it's, it's huge. And, you know, as we license all the legal sites to get legal and it grows. And I, one of the things I've said this at every conference, uh, it was a nice to have 10 years ago. Lyrics are a must have now. In your mm-hmm. experience, you need to have it. And we, you can search by lyric. You can do static lyrics. You can do line by line syncing with lyrics. So there's a lot, lot to do. Everybody give Andrew Stass a warm okay. round of applause. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to just uh, go down the list um, in the actual uh, schedule here. So up next, we're going to have Jason Peltz at Slide. They do digital single releases uh, as a platform for mobile. It's a rich record release experience. Hi. My name is Edward Ludvigson. I'm Chief Creative Officer for Slide. Slide is a mobile-first platform for releasing music singles in as immersive, content-rich experiences. Um, essentially what we do is we give the ability to artists or managers or labels or whoever is releasing a record through our platform, they can take their record and turn it essentially into a mobile magazine. So, you know, think about this was born out of thinking there is something missing from the digital music space, and we wanted to think about the experiences that seem to have vanished, things like going to a record store, buying tangible goods, opening up a record, liner notes, lyrics, photos, all those different cool things that don't seem to be, don't seem to be as prevalent now, um, but then bring them forward and marry it with all the things that are great about digital. Uh, shareability, real-time publishing, analytics, uh, all these different kinds of cool things. So we've brought this together with Slide. And what you're seeing right now is we've, this actually today is our official launch uh, we had a soft launch a couple days ago, and we have about 50 artists or so participating with us right now. What you're seeing on the platform, you can download this from both iTunes and from Google Play uh, today. And what you're seeing is these are the artists who are participating with us right now. We have about 20 releases on our platform so far. Uh, probably be dropping another 20 singles or so in the next couple of weeks. And we're continuing to onboard a lot of different acts. Um, we're in a lot of uh, discussions with ma- everybody from management companies to uh, indie labels, major labels, uh, major brands who are interested in doing sponsored releases, um, really across the board. So what you're looking at here is our new releases section. This is everything that would be available on our platform. We think of this as a reimagining of the new releases rack in a record store. Um, the numbers inside the pink bubbles indicate how many more days that particular release is available on our platform. The platform has the ability to be time-sensitive. So rather than looking to compete directly with uh, products like iTunes or Spotify, what what we've done is create a promotional platform that doesn't really exist in the space right now. So you have the ability to hype a record for a limited period of time before it expires, if you want it to expire, and then drive fans out to the established markets to download it, go to terrestrial radio, streaming, whatever the case may be. So Slide is completely free for fans to use and to check out all the content. It's free for artists and managers and labels to interact with. And if I'm a fan, a user, I can tap any one of these. I can add it to my collection. And we're getting Twitter notifications. (laughs) And hopefully no texts. Um, Once I'm in my collection, this is everything that... You can also think of this as following certain records. And what that that translates to here is that if I'm following these records, any more content that an artist pushes into their slide release, I'm automatically going to get notifications that there's new stuff to go back and check out. So I can go into... um, We'll go into Lydia Caesar's record here. Cool. Just turn that down. 
So what you're looking at, every slide release has a couple of different things. Everything has a player, which sits at the top. You can scrub through it. You can pause it. It's always going to be there as you're flipping through the different pieces of content. Um, as a designer, it's been a pet peeve of mine for years that uh, album artwork has become these little thumbnails on our phone. So we've designed slide to be very visually engaging. There's a lot of full screen imagery. Once you get past the cover, uh, we have liner notes and lyrics that you can scroll through and check out while you're listening to the record. And from there, we get into different pieces of content. We have three primary content templates right now that we're continuing to refine and add on to. Uh, you're looking at the cover page for an article. And once we dive into the article, we have header images. Basically, this does everything that, like a micro blog, you can think of this as a micro blogging platform inside of Slide. So, reviews, interviews, um, tour dates, creative journals, artist profile, anything you would think of that a blogging platform does, you can do with this. We also have video posts. So, an artist may want to use this to post their official music video. Maybe they're doing covers on YouTube. Um, maybe it's just fan videos talking to their fans. You know, again, anything that people are already doing throughout the fragmented space of digital promotion, they can streamline and put it in one stream in order to promote their record. And then we also have photo galleries. So live pics, studio pics. Um, we've been making a lot of these like neat little flip books out of uh, the music videos to go back and see some cool stills. Uh, you could aggregate content from Instagram and other kinds of platforms. All the things, again, that people are already doing, but they're doing across a fragmented space. This puts everything within the context of the record. And then you can rinse and repeat. Uh, we don't limit how much content that artists or content managers are putting on slide. In fact, we tell them to be very prolific because the more content that you put up there, and you can, change, you can change your slide release over time. You don't have to release everything at once. You can continue to push content over time. And the more you do, the more you're engaging your fans and bringing them back to the record that you're trying to promote. So slide, we think of slide, well, at least people are talking about it. <laughs> We th while we think Slide is, um, you know, this is our way of putting a stake in the ground and creating what we think is a better fan experience and a better way to uh, consume new music, Slide is also the face for a much broader enterprise solution for the music business. Uh, we're thinking about a lot of different ways that artists and management teams, everybody within the, uh, everybody in the loop has been either losing revenue or losing control of different aspects of their career. And we're looking at different ways to, through a new content format, um, new ways of monetizing, new ways of um, looking at fan analytics, all of these very important things that uh, we all need to do right now. Um, so with that, we have a robust, very robust uh, roadmap in the year, in multiple years ahead, um, everything from new device integration um, to uh, revenue products that are going to be leveraging a lot of different existing industries and putting them into a mobile application and everything from there. I'm going to turn it back over to Jason, who's the CEO of Slide, and he's, he'll take any uh, questions. Uh, questions for Slide. Where are you guys based? New York City. All right. How, how long have you been around? Uh, we've been building for two years, okay. and we're just launching beta today, essentially. Yeah. How, yeah. how many people you got there now? Well, in terms of at, in the company Slide, or yeah. artists? At, at the company? Uh, 15 people in the company, uh, about 50 artists onboarded. You know, we're uh, currently in dialogue with a bunch of majors and uh, a lot of important imprints. You know, we look for people that are leaders in their relative genre, and we've been very successful at getting their attention and bringing them to, you know, work with us. So we look forward to having them on board in the next 30 days with launches. Yeah, I, I could see Snoop Dogg really killing it in slide. <laughs> Double GTV, of yeah, course. Dude, he just has a lot of, he's always 
putting out stuff, you know? Yeah, no, anybody that creates content, that's, that's what it's made for, you know? It's where it's going. Who are uh, some of the artists that are currently using Slide that signed on for the initial beta release? Sure, so if you look there, you have like uh, Keto and Rhea Lee, which are uh, two artists out of uh, Perth, Australia, based in London. They actually uh, are signed to Diplo's label, Mad Decent. They're actually uh, doing pretty big things, and EP is dropping for them shortly. I mean, there's over 50 artists that are in our beta. Uh, I know Niall Rogers' team was uh, doing some stuff with us as well, so it's, it's really a varied thing. We look for people that have a good social pedigree, a real following, and they engage their people because that's what this is for. So it's, uh, it's curated to a certain degree. It's not entirely open source. Anybody else? Yeah, did you have to worry about licensing the lyrics? Just cause. So, I mean, for, for, you know, for right now, uh, dealing with independent artists, originally this was built for independent artists, right? We wanted yeah. to give them a voice and a way to really get on a global platform. Um, but, you know, in talking to majors and, you know, obviously running into the publishing companies, you know, people like Lyric Fine might be uh, helpful for us, right? <laughs> there you go. So you need artists uh, to build this thing out. It's you, all about the what artists. What else do you need uh, in terms of other types of... Do you need more coders or you're looking for partners or advertisers? You know, we're always interested in partners. Right now we're talking to a lot of Fortune 100 brands and their agencies. Uh, you know, we have very specific formats for how artists and brands can work together, not just from a standpoint of creating content that's, you know, sort of what you see today in the artist brand infusion world, but also from a standpoint of... Uh, you know, data mining and native advertising. We offer a lot of different things that will be coming out over the next, you know, over the summer, really. Uh, that will be pretty interesting from that perspective. I can't really get into too many things at the moment. I could though. see, like, a Katy Perry slide where one of the slides is a Pepsi page or whatever. Yeah, and, uh, you know, creating a, a way for brands to understand the ROI that artists bring them is an important thing. You know, sponsorship deals are not easy to come by, and they're hard to really gauge in terms of what they're worth. And that's something we're helping brands figure out so it can become a real revenue source for artists. Definitely. Um, is there ways, uh, do fans create a profile as well? Like if I'm an artist or the content manager for an, art, for an artist, is there ways where I can seek out possible new fans like that look that like similar music or genres? Sure. So essentially uh, right now the way the platform is made, it's all chronologically published. Uh, essentially, as a content manager, you know, you become verified, your groups get approved, you can publish slides for them, uh, and obviously our user base is viewing everything in real time. They can see your publication at the top of it, and uh, as we get on to newer versions and updates, we do have a voting system that allows records that are popular to rise to the top. The last content will be up at the top of the feed, or...? Yeah, so mm -hmm. the idea is that, you know, uh, when you used to walk into like a record store, you know, you'd have a new releases rack, you know, you'd have stuff that was pre-ordered. Think about it from that perspective, right? The newest stuff is always at the front of the store. The legacy stuff is kind of at the back of it. So uh, that's, that's how we looked at it. Um, and one other, one other kind of to those questions about um, everything from like creating profiles, recommendation systems, following people, a lot of these very familiar social media driven interactions right now are all things that are certainly going to be introduced over time. We made some very deliberate decisions in building the product where we wanted to 
again, deliberately step away from things that are just very familiar in social media products, things where you follow, there's algorithmic recommendation tools. We wanted to push pause on integrating those kinds of things and focus purely on innovating in, in two specific areas. One, the content format itself and how we're introducing um, revenue generating tools. But a lot, you know, all of those other things that are certainly very important in an ecosystem um, are things that are going to evolve and uh, appear, start to appear in updates over the course in the next few months. There's one more in the far back. Um, with the option for content to expire, how do you see keeping fans engaged? Um, so if, say, I was an artist, um, I decide to um, promote a single, and then I have it expire, what, what next? Well, so the idea here is that, you know, you can develop strategies behind this. You know, we've had a lot of people look at it from a standpoint of creating an exclusive really short window prior to a street date for a record, which could be 24 hours, 24 days. Um, if you're an artist that's producing content and you don't have a new, a new record to create a new slide, what we suggest you do and we give the flexibility to is increase the length of your slide. So if it was expiring tomorrow, you could extend it for two weeks, release the new content, drive people back to that record, and uh, keep it moving. You know, it's, it's meant to be very flexible in that regard. Cool idea. Good luck, you guys. Everybody, uh, thank, thanks, Jason, from Slide. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Up next, we have Julian Kolbeck from Musicians Guild, which is a cloud-based uh, music platform, which I think something we're all interested in is how can we get our musicians to be collaborating anywhere and anytime. Julian. Hello. Um, I am Julian Kolbeck. Um, I'm one of the founders of Musicians Guild. Uh, I was a professional musician for my sins uh, for 25 years, uh, produced records, I was a songwriter. Um, I played with Yes, Steve Hackett from Genesis, Charlie, John Miles, a whole bunch of others. Um, I was incredibly lucky, no question. Um, for 15 years, I've also been CEO of uh, music tech support company, Keyfax New Media, a company I'm proud to say I started with the investment of 50 quid and, and has been going for 15 years. Um, now, if you told me 25 years ago that I'd be paying $5 for a cup of coffee and that music would essentially be free, I'd have asked you to share some of what you were smoking. <laughs> but uh, music, uh, like love, is, is all around us. We were born with it. For our cave-dwelling ancestors, it was a communication system by which they avoided uh, getting eaten by tigers and cougars and got laid. So, not a lot of change there then. Yeah. But, um, but with the invention of the vinyl record and the teenager, music also became big business. And its golden age was between 1950 and the year 2000, uh, during which uh, time some incredible music was created. But it also created a generation of passive music consumers listening to product from the brave or favoured few who'd scrambled over the barriers to entry set up by record companies and the media, the ubiquitous demo, pay-to-play, payola. But this income from recorded music fueled an entire, uh, to use a much overused word at this conference, music ecosystem um, of music production. But really, was it such a bonanza for music as an activity? Uh, I'm not so sure. New technology has democratized, made possible for everyone what was only available to a fraction of people in the 20th century. Technology has also disrupted the way we learn, 
and the way we teach. Uh, thankfully, we're now re-entering the era, we believe, of the music maker. So how do we support this new breed of musician? Uh, Musicians Guild uh, Vision is a framework of services that brings music into more people's lives. It's about making music, whether you pursue it professionally or as a serious hobby, or just make it occasionally for fun. And I've just noticed I'm not going through my slides, so fuck that. <laughs> Sorry. You'll have to just look at our logo. Um, our product is a platform for discovering people, for discovering places, services, to support your music making, like LinkedIn for the music business, but with a marketplace built on top of a content management system. Think iTunes for music makers, with charts, lyrics, MIDI clips, self-paced micro-lessons, or full-fledged instructor-led courseware. If you're someone who likes to play live, you'll find tools to manage day-to-day -day relationships with bandmates, with venues you play, with venues you'd like to play. Uh, my 22-year-old son, I know I look incredibly long, it's, it's, it's hard to believe, um, he's as comfortable you know, listening to Yes and Neil Young as he is to post-war years and Woodkid and cool guys. I might now ap appreciate uh, Bing Crosby and the Andrews sisters, but in the 70s, you couldn't have forced me to listen to that. And I think the problem is... Um, Many people are kind of unsatisfied with the music that's being created today using new recording technology. Uh, the reason, I think, is that too often it's used as a crutch, a substitute for musicianship or a song. And it's time to master the tools, not be one. Uh, last October, in fact, at this conference, one speaker estimated that the only 5% of all of the songs uploaded to their site was commercially viable. Well... Music is complex. I played with yes, I certainly know that. It's tough, ditto. But what, that, that makes it rewarding. And I think with the right tools, the right connections, mentors, advisors, collaborators, Musicians Guild is going to give you the best shot that you're ever going to get. How would you like to have a great engineer and producer like Alan Parsons critique your mixes? Well, really, this is true. Alan heads up our advisory board, um, how about lessons from a world-class guitarist? These are going to be real and deliverable opportunities here on Musicians Guild. Uh, Musicians Guild has been put together by veterans of the tech industry and me, the veteran of the music industry. Uh, Silicon Valley meets San Fernando Valley, if you will. Uh, we believe we have the vision for the next music-making platform and the knowledge of how to make it real. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about our plans or want to discuss and discuss, I'll have that drink now. Uh, discuss a partnership opportunity. We'd love you to stop by the booth and explore some possibilities. Thank you very much. We got uh, two minutes for questions. Uh, hopefully, some people will have some questions for Musicians Guild. I know I do. You're uh, stunned into silence. <laughs> They're still digesting it all. Where is the company at at this point? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's in San Jose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, are, we won't be launching until about September. Okay. So we are Great. at the moment uh, creating and acquiring all of the, uh, the tools and the services uh, that we're going to be launching then. Yeah. 
It sounds like you need a little bit of everyone involved in this thing. Well, it is, yeah. I mean, my personal background is in uh, music tech support and education, and education is going to be a key part of that. I um, work with Alan Parsons on a, uh, a music uh, recording uh, video series called The Art and Science of Sound Recording. And this is an online um, uh, video series with a, a back end of quizzes and stuff like that. So we have a lot of experience of how to deliver what I believe is, is very compelling content. So We got a question in you the far sure. right corner. Ah. I'm going to just repeat that question for the uh, audio. Um, what do you mean by tools for music creation? Well, actually, it's tools for music creators as much as creation. Um, I mean, what we feel is missing... At the moment, there are a lot of tools for music creation, but what is missing is the uh, is the collaborative uh, dimension and uh, the way to use those tools. And I think that at the moment we're kind of have a surfeit of gadgets and a paucity of skills. So we're providing the skills that go with the gadgets, if you will. Gosh, you are quiet. Nodding, I see, though. Any more? Well, we have 12 seconds left, so uh, it finished perfectly on time. I, I am really excited to songs. see what comes next. <laughs> I'm so sorry? <clears throat> um, we are, you have hit the time. I'm done. Yes. Okay. Can't Thank wait you to see what's much. next. Thank you, everybody. Up next, we have Damien Scavo with Axewave. This is really cool. This is music recognition that's going to work with your TV or uh, radio. And um, I, I learned um, researching Axewave that on average, people are watching four hours and 20 minutes of live TV a day uh, and one hour of on-demand on top of that. I don't have that time. Who's watching five hours of TV a day? You guys are blowing my mind. But when you watch it that much, you're probably going to watch it with Axewave. Damien? Okay. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Damian Scavo. I am the founder of Axwave. It's very beautiful to be here today. Really, the energy is different from every other conference out there. It's uh, really completely different. You feel that the people are passionate about what are they doing right now in here. And our company actually uses also the energy of sounds, the energy of music, to do what uh, they just mentioned. So to understand... What is the music that is around any mobile device or a TV or any device that wants to run this technology? It recognizes the music. It recognizes any TV live content that is going on right now, even if one music is played right now in TV. It recognizes commercials. It recognizes also commercials that are played right now in the radio, eventually. And the, another very interesting um, possibility is to recognize the um, sounds that you produced, okay? So it's able just with a drag and drop in a Dropbox folder to make your music uh, discoverable and interactive, okay? This is a technology that can fuel mobile apps, can fuel um, websites, and uh, any kind of device, wearables, robots in the future, and uh, is uh, very, very efficient. And it's so efficient that you can keep it on all the time we turn on an iPad downstairs, it's recording every playlist that is playing right now, and is uh, 
saving it for me, and I will be able to reproduce it uh, tomorrow at home, all the playlists that have been playing today here at San Francisco Music Tech. And uh, let me see, show you a little video of all the possibilities that you have with this technology. In this video, I used an app called G-Sound uh, to prove the, what is possible to do with this kind of technology. Let's start from the beginning, and let's give some audio. Let's see if the audio is not too high. Committed to creating world-transforming sound innovation. Let's take a look at its recognition technology. Axwave is currently able to recognize over 250 TV channels in the US. In seconds, you will know more about what you are watching, connect with the products you see on TV, and shop for them on Amazon. So you can buy what you see. This is one use of this kind of technology. Axwave doesn't stop at recognizing the program, but also understands the subject of the program being watched. For so, example, here, you can also know the current topics talked about on CNN. So we know what the channel, but also what the channel is talking about in the Access past and right now. also recognizes commercials. With just one click, you can recognize the advertisement. You can recognize the brand being shown. And in this case, even buy the soda Mountain Dew with great discounts on Amazon. Or you can find out more about K-Jewelers and with a click, go to the brand's website. So they can bring a traffic to your website with this kind of technology. Axwave identifies a song from any mobile device with just a few seconds of audio. You can share it on Facebook, find lyrics, share on Twitter. It also lets you find music and lyrics even when your screen is locked by activating auto discovery. Come back at a later time and see what you've been listening to. And I will stop here with the video. For the lyrics, we are using lyrics, fine, by the way. Yeah? So we are one of your 3,000 customers, for sure. And then uh, here is a very cool feature. We are so efficient that we are able to uh, keep it on all the time, unlimited call for everybody, and uh, it will not kill the battery of the device that is playing. Of course, if it's a little battery inside a very little watch, a watch, maybe it will be too much. But for a mobile device, you can keep it on all the time. And uh, so you don't even need to press the button like uh, some competitor does. Okay, press the button, recognize what's going on. No, you just turn on the function, you put it in your pocket, done. And then what's are the big innovation also that is coming with this technology? Yes, yeah, yeah. I know that you can believe the first sentence. Yes, it's free. Like, we are able, it's so efficient from server side. We discovered these algorithms that make the recognition server side so efficient that for the first time ever, the music recognition and the sound recognition can be used for free for everybody. And then your question will be, and then how do you make money? I guess, right? Okay, in, uh, thanks to our uh, deals that we did with advertisers and media companies, we are able to use uh, the metadata that we discover with uh, what the user is doing, to provide a high relevant ad. So something that is really valuable for the user, not something completely uncorrelated. So what you have, if you are watching the TV show, uh, then will be something regarding that TV show. If you are watching, a, you saw a commercial, will be the same commercial on your mobile device. Also this has never been possible so far. And we also can use all this information 
or to propose something relevant to the user also in terms of user experience, okay? And uh, we are able to help every app developer website to monetize a lot because we are able to guarantee also a minimum revenue for every ad that is showed. That is very high. Our actual customers are uh, experiencing a 40% increase in monetization thanks to this technology. The click-through rates... Um, I don't know if you are familiar with this term, but let's say if a person recognizes a song, there is 12% possibility that they buy that song. Okay? If they recognize a commercial or a TV show, there is from 5 to 11% possibility that they then interact with that content. It's, it's very, very high. And so this allows us to uh, allow any app developer or website developer to monetize a lot. Plus, Every artist then can make his own music interactive. So you can uh, just tell us which music do you want. We will put in our engine, he'll learn. And then uh, immediately the SDK will allow you to then uh, interact with it. And that's it. This is all I want to share with you today. This is the first time that we really present it in public. So I'm very happy to do here this kind of announcement. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> We got one minute for questions, and I, I, as a moderator, I'm going to take the first one. Can you okay. explain to me, like I'm five years old, how you can recognize all this content? Yes. Um, Is it just algorithms? It uses uh, the energy of the sound. He creates a matrix of all the spectrum of the sound, and then uh, he compares that matrix with all uh, the, the data that we have in the database. So we have a huge database of music that grow up every week. We record live TV in real time. So we have a server farm in San Jose that is recording all the American TV channels. And then uh, we will start also to record every radio station, okay, in starting in US. And now we are going uh, for a road trip in Europe to do the same thing in Europe. And I saw on hand, it's yeah. It does there's good. one more question out there, but we're yeah. out of time, so um, we're gonna have to. We give, can do the give Damien a warm round of applause again. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Up next, we have Katie McMahon with Soundhound. These guys, this is a big dog. Soundhound has 200 million users as of April 2014, and they do sound, song recognition and a bunch of other cool stuff. So. Um, Take it away, Katie McMahon, although you might need to set up real fast, in which case. I don't know about you, but I'd be watching Lord of the Rings with Axe Wave, and I'd just be buying Renaissance Fair stuff, you know, with my phone. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I want that sword. Oh, I want that hat. Oh, I want that turkey leg. <laughs> I want that crossbow. Katie, take it away. And services to market, so... Well done, and congratulations yeah, to all the Yeah, a round of applause for the today. launchers. Yeah, for sure. So, um, right, so I'm Katie McMahon, and SoundHound um, today is doing a, a reveal of a major launch that we've just brought to market, which is a redesign on our song, artist, and album page experiences. And this is a moment where we can really proudly say that SoundHound is the most immersive music search, discovery, and onward play experience. So I thought what might just be fun and helpful to, to showcase this is to drive through it. And um, I'm going to interplay these two devices as ordered to, to have um, a music source as well as 
to do a demonstration. So we're, we're very well known for fast music recognition built on our own proprietary technology. That's the orange button. So let's find a song to pump out. And I'm just going into our charts to play music out. So let's get a little output going. So an example of, of music recognition right there, we just were out and about and we grabbed that song, we identified it, and what's so great is at that moment I'm able to do deeper exploration if I want to check out some great album information and, and uh, rich content that way. I have the opportunity right here to say, I wanted to drop that into my playlist. SoundHound and Spotify have done an exclusive deep integration add to playlist. So I've just tapped and I've added it in, seamlessly dropping it into my playlist. So this allows you to have mobile playlist creation on the go. Um, you can play, you can star it, all that rich stuff. But let's come back up again to what else this orange button can do. Um, and I, I love to, to mention this because no other technology in the world can take something that's stuck in your head and turn it into something sensical. So when a song is stuck in your head and you're always like, hey, friends, like, you know that song that goes like... Nah, nah, nah. Um, th we call that a sing-hum query. Right? So when have you ever been able... And I'm sorry, I, I, I sort of said this almost verbatim probably this morning, but when have you ever sat down at a, at a desktop to be able to Google something that's so stuck in your head, but you don't have the first bloody clue to figure out the artist's name or the lyrics. You have no, nothing to verbalize, to translate into text to get your, your answer. So in Singhum technology, we can do just that. And I'm often rubbish at demoing it, um, even though it's, it's tremendous. It can pick up my, my lousy version of... Dun, 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 dun. But let's grab Larry Marcus because he's so renowned in, in this space as backing great visionary companies. He was an early backer of Pandora. He is, um, for full disclosure, on the SoundHound board. So he is better at demoing this than, than I am. So, Larry, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's give you... You can hold this one. The voice. In fairness, I started that search really early, so let's see if that, that comes back. So in that hit, we're able to pull it up, listen to it. Thanks, Larry. Right? So never before has something been stuck in your head and unable to get it. You now can get the earworm into something and instantly listen to it, play it, add it to your playlist, share it with friends, etc. So that is a, a, a massively unique feature within um, a rich feature set of Soundhelm. So what about the times where I actually already know the song and the artist, and I, I want to get to it in order to do whatever else I want to do, whether that's stream it. So um, let me showcase to you the, uh, voice search, so just directed voice search. I'm going to go into our search options. I got it from my mama by Will I Am. 
boom, that is the world's fastest voice search on any platform, right? And, and you can even mumble it. So once again, you're able to drill in, see the artists. But to get to some of the rich features that we've released, this new ability to, to swim in videos, drill down onto the artist. So this is an artist page. Again, it pops up biography. And then I can check out, well, what else has he appeared on in terms of albums? And I can swim through albums. And we think that for aficionados, this will bring back album discovery and letting you really snack through, through albums. Um, okay. So within the experience, again, there's, there's a lot of discovery moments. You can come in and see what people are sound hounding all the way around the world. That's the map feature, which is super joyful. So let's just see what's been sound hounded at the Kabuki. We'll drill in. Right, you get the point. And then right away I can be listening. I can be checking out this. So endless immersion, but really interesting that every single gateway of search, right? The example where you, hey, you're in Starbucks. What's that song? Zoop. Music recognition, got it. Song stuck in my head, orange button, solves that problem. If I know any parts, I can do text search through our specific search functionalities, text, lyric search, or as I demonstrated, voice search. So SoundHound Inc. as a company is a pioneer in bringing forward technologies around sound. We're most known in this category for capturing recorded sound, but I'm showcasing to you other elements of sound, meaning air out of my lungs and what we can do with that. So... Um, yeah, there's other good stuff, but why don't I just cap it there and, and throw it over to you and just say thanks for checking out SoundHound 6.0. It's free. Download it. We have 200 million users around the world, and um, user delight is core. So if there's something that you really want to see happen in the app, let us know. We really listen to our users. Thank you. We have about, <clears throat> we have about 90 seconds for Q&A. If you have questions, keep your hands up, and we'll uh, get to you, um, starting with the gentleman. Um, I was wondering, if you're an artist, what do you have to do to make sure all your content is up to date, the bios, all the music, and just to, where do you guys pull that from? So that's a great question because the music ecosystem in terms of metadata, content, what um, a user would want to see link, uh, as a link experience, a video, etc. Uh, so many of you in, the, in this room understand what a maze that is. And then just from an artist's perspective of, hey, I want to be sound houndable, like, it's a real bummer if my stuff isn't inside of your, your database, right? So uh, on the fringes of um, artists that have no repository in, in parts of our aggregation world, you'd want to come directly to us. Otherwise, we have multiple sources globally and where we're, we're pulling our content and ensuring that we've got one of the most robust music databases um, and very sophisticated in handling the edge cases. For example, Kesha. Huh. Kesha has an interesting spelling, and sometimes yeah. certain sources have it with it, you know, a dollar sign, sometimes they don't. So we, we are world-class in our ability to handle those discrepancies to ensure that that correct metadata and experience surfaces up. Non-trivial, and I would wager to say that music is the most challenging of all content catalogs to do that at an extraordinary level. Okay, we got to move on. Everybody give a warm round of applause. Okay. Katie McMahon, Soundhound. 
Up next, we have Jeff Anison with New York Rock Exchange. This is a really cool idea. It's kind of a stock market for songs, it sounds like. Um, I mean, we always talk about gamifying music, but it sounds like this is almost like gamblifying music. Uh, and, and apparently you can't actually buy shares of indie artists yet because of uh, the SEC, and, but you can in, invest in some way, and um, Jeff's going to walk us through it as soon as he gets all set up. You know, while Jeff's getting set up, set up, Katie, I had one more question for you. Um, I just, I feel like we're hitting a saturation point with um, song recognition. It's just becoming a part of our lives. It's not, it's like a second nature thing. So, what's on the horizon for sound recognition? You bring up a point that's critical for everyone to, in the industry to be aware of, and we've always thought of music recognition as ultimately being commodified. Okay, so we were pioneers in saying, let it all be free, and we shifted a, a business model that way. So David, you're right, um, a company has to innovate, and um, I can confidently say the DNA of SoundHound Inc. at the core, our, our CEO and founding team, building out technologies that will blow your mind inside of 2014. Jeff Anderson, New York Rock Exchange, take it away. All right, thank you very much. Uh, quick show of hands, who here in the audience owns now or has owned in your life a vinyl music collection? Please raise your hands. Okay, I figured that would be the case. What about CDs? Eight tracks, anybody? Cassettes? Yes, excellent. So there are three generations of music fans in this room. And that show of hands shows that collectively we have all experienced something that most likely the next generation of music fans never will. And that's the simple joy of owning a real music collection. I'm talking about something that's physical, something that you can thumb through that takes up space on your shelf. It's no secret, and everybody in this room knows, that music uh, technology has evolved, user listening habits evolved, and the, our relationship to music is very different than it used to be. Most ways, this is very positive, but there are some places where it's left holes, right? When I think back to my music collection, I'm sure many of you feel the same way. For a period of my life, that was one of my most valued and treasured possessions in the world. If you're going to break up with a woman, you want to make sure that's stowed someplace safe before you break the news. <laughs> So I had an emotional connection to that collection of physical objects that is not really translatable to this. It's not really translatable to my Beats Music subscription. And so that's really what the New York Rock Exchange is all about, is we have created a new way, a fun new way, for fans to collect music, right? We work with artists to sell shares of their songs. They're not financial shares, right? So it's not like you're buying a little percentage or, or some sort of you know, um, uh, financial stake or an investment for your uh, 401k. Instead, it's a way for a fan to own a little piece of something that they're passionate about. And when you buy a share, you become a shareholder, which means that you get all sorts of exclusives directly from the artist. We work with the artist to create these packages specifically for their fans, and it may include an unreleased track or an online shareholder meeting where you get to come online and talk, talk with the band. 
It's really designed to be a way for fans to own a little something that they're passionate about and connect with the music that they love. How do I? So uh, before, before this demo, we sprinkled a couple of the shares out there, and you're free to take a look at it. Uh, you're free to take them with you. Uh, that's our gift to you. These are not samples. Those are real shares that you would buy online somewhere between $20 and $40. Uh, they're all limited edition. Uh, you can see here, this is for Ballyhoo, which is a, uh, a young alt-rock punk reggae band that we're working with. Um, this is original artwork from the lead singer. It's been hand-signed by the band. If you look over here in the corner, there's a shareholder number. This is your limited edition piece. There's only a certain number, and once they're sold out, we don't make any more. So there actually is a secondary market for these. Uh, right now, we've had a number. About a third of our shares have sold out, and if you want to get them, you have to go on eBay, uh, where most of them are trading for about twice their original value. So that's what we're building towards is a, is, is a marketplace of songs uh, and artists. And uh, we've had about 14 releases so far. We've got about 40 more coming this year. Uh, and that's it. That's my story. Cool. Uh, we have three and a half minutes for quick Q&A. <clears throat> I'll start. Um, where are you guys located? Uh, Emeryville. <laughs> awesome. The, uh, most people assume New York, obviously. It's a play on the New York Stock Exchange, but we're local. How We've been coming here for many years. Shout out to Brian Ziss for always putting on an amazing show. Yeah, big time. How long has the idea been in development now? Uh, we actually have been working on it for a couple of years. We started off with this idea of wouldn't it be cool if you could own a share of a song? And uh, as it turns out, securities law prevents that. And uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can we look into changing securities law? Well, actually, actually, there are some changes to securities law. But even more fundamental than that is that when you really look at the economics of the music industry, I mean, we all know this. The music industry is one of the most screwed up industries on the planet. It is the most complex and it's a very oftentimes exploitive industry. And so when you get into the finances of it, owning a, a, a financial stake in an artist or in a song is not really what fans are looking for most of the time. Uh, what we found is that rather than getting you know, a few pennies in a dividend, which would make this probably a great financial investment if you compare it to Wall Street, uh, fans would much rather have that connection and that uh, uh, inside exclusives that they get from the artist. Uh, this kind of reminds me of Kickstarter perks in a way. You can help mm -hmm. own a part of uh, something a little bit more and get a little bit more out of it. Is that a yes, fair yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's very similar, especially when we're working with small bands. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the bands that we're working with have done something on Kickstarter, and then once they've Kickstarter kickstarted their album, they can uh, come oh. back and, and issue a share. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's, we're kind of re the reverse of Kickstarter. Kickstarter starts off with, we're doing this new project and we need your help to fund it. Whereas ours is, wouldn't it be cool if you could kind of own this something, something yeah. special? Is, is this like a, uh, a fan club? Uh, in a lot of ways, yeah. The, the perks that you get when you own a share are all custom designed with us and the artist. Right. So um, and a lot of them are very fan clubby, like, you know, the ability to come online and have an online shareholder meeting and that sort of thing. Uh, sometimes they're physical. This one actually comes with limited edition vinyl. This is the first time the band had ever pressed vinyl. And we got the first 250 copies. They're all signed and hand numbered by the band. And that's what you get as a shareholder. So it's 
It's kind of a combination of a fan club sort of perk coupled with a, uh, a high-end merch item. Uh, what are the founders' backgrounds? How did you guys come to this idea? <laughs> uh, I'm a former co-founder of Moby TV. I don't know if any of you yeah. guys know that, uh, uh, over in Emeryville. And uh, um, I came up on the technology side at Moby TV and got into music at Moby TV probably about seven or eight years ago. And uh, the idea came around, you know, just kicking around one day, saying, wouldn't it be cool if you could buy a share of a song? Anybody else? Warm round of applause for the New York Rock Exchange. If you have any further questions, just, um, you know, um, we're gonna, I'm going to introduce Steve Maratochi at Splice. And maybe while, Steve, while Steve's getting set up, uh, we can take that one more question that we had uh, for Jeff at New York Rock Exchange. No? Is it cool? Do you want it? You fine? <laughs> Did you drive the Batmobile over here? Uh, no, I didn't ride the Batmobile, but we do have a 1959 Cadillac in the parking lot. Oh, uh, that We actually have, if you look closely, the roof has been signed. All the artists that we work with, we have them sign the roof, and it's just kind of a, a fun way that we, uh, uh, that's why we roll. <laughs> um, and then while, while um, Splice is getting set up, what are you, who are you looking for? Are you looking for artists? Are you looking for advertisers here at Music Tech these days? Yeah, uh, artists. So, uh, like I said, we've had about 14 releases so far. We've got a whole slew of them coming. And uh, what we're looking for are artists that are looking for a new revenue stream and a new way to engage their fan base. Up next, I'm really excited to introduce Steve Marchocci with Splice. This is a music collaboration um, company that solves really hard problems with uh, really intense code. And um, Steve also founded, co-founded GroupMe, which is my favorite uh, sort of mobile group messaging app. I'd like everybody to give a warm round of applause to Steve Martocci. Hi. All right, so it's not group messaging. I'm in music now. I've been a fan forever and a programmer, and just about any programmer who, um, who likes music always wonders why the tools we have as programmers to collaboratively make software just don't exist for music. And when you start to look at the music industry, as everyone has been saying, at how messed up it is, but on the creator side as well, everything is extremely fragmented, um, and the lack of kind of moving into the modern era. I, I think like Web 2.0 even missed the music industry on the creator side. The DAWs are not web connected. Uh, they're walled gardens and um, they lead to really bad workflows that have users just messing around with files for hours. Um, so we want to put an end to that and let users kind of uh, focus, on their making, focus on making music. And one of the things we like to say is let them create fearlessly. We don't understand how people still lose their work, whether it's on an external hard drive, um, whether it's just losing a save because you know, your Ableton session crashed. Um, so we kind of want to move the whole workflow to the cloud and make it better. Uh, so to show you Splice in action instead of going into more conversations around that, uh, this is splice.com as a logged in user. You've basically got a list of all your Ableton projects. And we kind of have this little desktop client here that sits here and web connects the clients to our system. So you basically, we unlock like a version control system for music so that you can go in and uh, click a button and it just opens right into Ableton. So literally seamless uh, collaboration in the cloud. Uh, I can make a change, move this track over, make a save. And then within a couple seconds, we detect the change. And then similar to the land of programming, uh, we, let, we 
let you leave a commit message that basically says what you did and post it to your project with your collaborators. Um, not only do we kind of upload the track, we actually analyze the session file. Uh, and anyone who makes music knows that this is kind of crazy because you've never seen this data outside of your DAW. But this is actually a diff of what changed between that save and Ableton. I moved this fretted, fretless bass track from here to here between saves. Uh, in addition, we open up and show you all the samples that are, you're using. Uh, and all the built-in devices or external uh, plugins that you're using to make your music. Um, so everything then works on a timeline, so you can go back to any previous revision. You can add anyone to collaborate with you via email or their username, and it takes a few seconds. They download the client, and they're up and running and working with you. Uh, one of the things, so that's on the private collaboration side. We're also big open source programming guys, and we want to see the open source movement also come to music. Uh, so what we've got here is our explore page where you can take your session file and release it to the world. Um, and basically, uh, then you can, the mix of things that are going on here is pretty amazing. From people open sourcing finished tracks to people doing things that are a work in progress to people doing splice tips, which are just interactive tips on learning from each other in music. Uh, you, this is a track from Alicia, who is a French duo on Skrillex's label, Ausla. They did a minute and a half work in progress. You click Splice, you get your own version of it, you click Open, and it opens right into Ableton. Um, there's hundreds of people taking this one track and working on it. They went from a minute and a half track to making a finished product. So this is one of our users took that. Oh, I should probably explain what you're seeing here. Sorry. Uh, I'll lower the volume a little. But this is actually a recreation of the Ableton arrangement view in the web. Um, so you've got all the clips firing. Right now, all the music listening experiences you've probably seen involve only the two-channel audio. Uh, this actually goes down into the source code of the music and gives you the ability to represent all of what's actually happening under the hood. Uh, you see the clips as they're firing. You can learn from this experience uh, what is making each sound. Uh, and very shortly, we'll release this. This part is unreleased, but we will release this, and you'll have the ability to solo individual tracks and uh, you know, leave comments on individual pieces of the music. Um, Finally, one of the things that we also do is since we understand the session file, we've got a data source that is pretty amazing. This is the link, uh, this is the list of all the top plugin manufacturers um, on Splice right now based on usage through public projects. Um, you can see uh, Native Instruments with Massive is number one. 14% of public projects use this um, to make their sound. And you've got in, you know, incredible things like Sausage Fatner sitting here at number five. Uh, is, you know, you'd never know that that is you know, the top five out of all the plugins uh, that are used. So this data is amazing uh, for plugin manufacturers. Um, so right now we are in private beta. We today just announced our Windows client. Uh, we were Mac only on Ableton, uh, but now our Windows client is live. Um, if you do make music and want to get on the platform, um, we made a little invite code link. So if you go to splice.com slash sfmusictech, uh, you will get in. Um, and really, we're trying to see what the world looks like once the, connection, uh, the creation process is connected. Think of all the things that you can do around education, um, artist-to-artist marketplaces, and then even fan experiences around the creation process. Uh, we've been doing it. We raised the seed round of funding in October. We've been doing this since for about six months, and wait till you see what it's going to look like at the end of the year. <laughs> Woo! <clears throat> we got a minute and uh, 47 seconds for questions. 
Starting with uh, the gentleman in the back, followed up by the gentleman in the front. Pro Tools? Uh, we're, we're talking to them. We're hoping to get it done by the end of the year. The things that we're working on right now are uh, Logic and FL Studio, um, so you'll see those soon. Hey, this is really cool. Uh, as a former Rocket Network employee, uh, this is kind of exciting to see this come into like the 21st century. So I'd love to know more about other DAWs on your roadmap, but also in this application-to-application networking environment, to what level to the, you know, the media and the metadata are accessible so you can kind of have this ongoing true collaboration and perhaps even in real time if possible. Yeah, so I mean, on, on the real-time side, we really want to focus on async. It's worked really well for us in programming. Um, you know, we've done crazy things like branching and merging. Uh, so like two people work on a track at the same time. You do the baseline, you do the drums. We actually have done merges in Ableton. Um, and then from that level, you know, really trying to unblock people around the third-party plugins. So making it, we've done an installer that lets you um, automatically install free plugins, send them to the collaborator when they're using them, solve the whole thing about 32-bit, 64-bit, VSTAU. Uh, really, we're trying to just unblock creativity. We like to say the vision is to uh, let artists create fearlessly and let collaboration flow across the world and uh, let creativity flow across the world. And uh, the plugins get in the way, and you know, maybe even the DAWs get in the way. You could have DAW to DAW collaboration at some point. Um, we, we basically take the files into an intermediary format that could make that possible. Everybody, <clears throat> Steve Martucci with Splice. Yeah. Stop compiling. Start sharing. Um, up next, we have Cecilia Pagat. Pag Kalinawan. I knew I was going to ruin that. Um, she's with AppLoud, and they're in the music discovery uh, line of business. Discovery, discovery, discovery. So she's going to take it away here. Just a sec. And then um, we're going to be coming up near time, and we'll have uh, one extra demo, bonus demo. Hi, it's my first time here at San Francisco Music Tech, so I'm a newbie. And I'm here because Brian found me at Ironworks having barbecue, and I overheard him speaking at a next table saying, I'm looking for women entrepreneurs in music. Where are they? <laughs> and so I, so I was in the other table. I said, I'm here. <laughs> and he said, well, come over. Why don't you demo? I said, why don't you finish your ribs first? And he said, if you were a dude, you'd bring your computer over, push my ribs aside, and pitch me now. Yeah, so that's, that's what true. I did. <laughs> that's a fact. <clears throat> so... Um, applaud. How many of you here have tipped a musician? I hope all of you. Um, how many of you here have given to a crowdfunding campaign? Great. So, applaud. Applaud is a music discovery platform similar to Vine and Instagram, but all for music. So, oh, my audio. So you can discover and upload music that you've seen or witnessed at a concert, or in my case, the subway. You can uh, share it, share the love, and you could give that musician a dollar, five dollars, or buy the music. So I'm trying to lower the barrier entry and effort to create a campaign for any musician at any level. My background, by the way, I've been in e-commerce for... Uh, 
10 plus years, I ran and launched the e-commerce for Burberry. So I'm used to customer acquisition and trying to get them to convert to buying really expensive stuff that people don't need. <laughs> so I'd rather apply that, those skills I've learned in the last has 10 years to get more money into the hands of musicians. My audio is still not that good, but you get the idea. So our clips are only uh, 15 to 30 seconds because um, we don't want to pay royalties yet, but <laughs> hopefully eventually some, some of the criticisms I've been getting when I've been demoing it to friends is that they want to see the whole song. So we'll hopefully evolve into that. People give us permission to not have to shut this down because Kings of Leon has a problem with it. So um, I see music as a cultural exchange. This is a musician from Italy. And when I uploaded this video that I found, so many friends of mine said, from New York, I would give the guy a dollar. So this guy from Italy could be collecting tips on a cloud. And all you have to do is sign up with us, give us your PayPal account, and we'll remit you your tips. One of my favorite newer discoveries, you, could, you know, so EDM has a spot here too. She's the new Eminem. Her name is Tish. And look, her, she sounds like Lauren Hill. I saw her at the BET uh, uh, Music Matters showcase last week. And it was free. Um, so one of the things we're trying to do is when a, uh, the musicians get a certain amount of love, so if you get 10,000 loves, we'll actually host a showcase for you. So hopefully Tish gets 1,000 loves and we'll do a showcase for her in New York. And uh, we're working with corporate sponsors so that they can match the tips. So if we get $500 tips from some musicians, they might buy it. And maybe we'll do other incentives. So the first 100 likes, or if a musician gets 100 likes, we get, give them a guitar. So there's a lot of opportunities to work with brands. So I hope you like it and play with it. And Cecilia gets our award for most brief demo. She has an entire five minutes for Q&A. Uh, anybody would like to start first? We have... a. The person right back over there. Is it me? Yeah. So is it anyone uploading it to that specific artist? Like you said, you saw this guy in Europe and you uploaded it. How does he know that you uploaded it and he gets paid? So this is a demo. So, okay. <laughs> so I'm hoping that whomever created that video will actually let the musician know they're going in a cloud and maybe we'll get tips from around the world. So that's my goal. So, um, and if, for instance, we're going to turn on that tip jar for him and it's been uploaded and we want to notify the person who uploaded, say, he has $500 in there. Can you let him know and find him, please? And on the go button, we're, we're putting on a go button, it could be go see him on the L platform in Union Square, see him in the corner of Central Park West, or go to Brooklyn Bowl and see him. He has a show coming up. And so, it's, so if you're an artist, like I'm a DJ, it would be my responsibility to upload that onto your site and to give you all my information on where I'm playing, what's Absolutely. Going so on. we'll have a sign-up so you can give your vitals, you can claim your name, awesome. and you can give us your PayPal account. I'm in. <laughs> how, do you, how do you monetize what's going on? Do you take percentage of what's sent via PayPal? Here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so similar to... So the average transaction on Kickstarter is about $74, and they keep 5%. 5%. So we're hoping to keep $0.10 cents on a dollar, um, but uh, we'll see. That's the goal right now, is to keep the barrier low. Um, I actually self-funded this. I only raised $25,000, and um, I'm about to raise 500000 to 
get this going. Thanks. We have a question right here in the right corner. I guess my question goes a little bit back to the first question. If somebody else sees you playing your song and they upload it, it's kind of their responsibility then to your name to it. Right, the, the right artist. tags. They should know your tags. So it's, uh, hopefully it's the same as your Twitter account or Instagram account. So one of my pet peeves is when different people have different name accounts in other places. Right. Okay. Where's the company based out of? Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn. Um, where are you at with this? Is this in beta? Is this going live this, this week? This is in beta. It's in production right now. I'm planning on launching it in Berlin at the MLove conference. I've been invited to speak already. Um, hope, and we're planning to do showcases at CMJ Music Festival. So we're going to do showcases of undiscovered musicians. Awesome. Um, how many people are on your team? I'm the only full-time employee. Awesome. I've got four or five part-timers. We're doing this out of my apartment. And a lot of meetings in coffee shops. <laughs> cool. Uh, what are you looking for here at SF Music Tech? Advertisers, VCs, artists, what? Everything. If anybody wants to partner and have great ideas, you can find me on Cecilia at Aplow.co. It's Aplow.co. I've got cards here. Um, you can find me everywhere because I'm very active in social media. Anybody else? Give Cecilia a warm hand, a round of applause. She's a star. <clears throat> we have time for one more, a bonus product launch slash demo. This comes from Chris Mulios. I hope I didn't butcher that. Uh, at Make Audio Apps, which... Yep. Hi, guys. Yes, so I'm Chris. Um, uh, I've made... Uh, um, for the last 20 years or so, I've been making a lot of audio applications. Uh, I've worked on uh, GarageBand for Apple, and Ooh. I've made a lot of uh, um, iOS apps. And while I've been doing this, I, one of the things that uh, uh, I've noticed is... I keep doing the same things every time. Keep making an audio engine where we have a bunch of plugins that are all connected. So, um, so what, uh, th what I'm debuting today is uh, um, an open source project. And this project lets you, um, it, I think you can see on the screen right here. Um, we don't need audio. So um, um, the, uh, what, what you're able to do with, uh, uh, with the sort of developer tools that I've made is to be able to uh, just easily connect together a bunch of plugins uh, and then make up an HTML interface for them. And I've got some that look like, uh, you know, any of the apps that you would see on the App Store. And uh, so with the combination of an HTML interface, sort of wiring together some little modules, a little bit of glue code, and, um, and you're off to make an app. So, um, so I think this is very exciting. Uh, I've got a tutorial up on uh, my website, makeaudioapps.com, and you can go um, put together an app in under 100 lines of code and have an iOS app sort of pop out the other side. Um, when you're finished sort of putting these pieces together, it makes an Xcode project, and uh, um, you're ready to basically put it on the App Store. So, um, so I'm hoping people find this exciting. Um, I've got a couple of demo apps up on... Um, um, up on the app store that you can check out, there's, uh, um, this is the sort of keyboard app that, uh, um, and the latency is very good on this. Uh, uh, it's as good as any of the other native apps that you could get, but it's really nice because you can make an interface really easy. So, um, so that's Make Audio Apps, and uh, I hope you come check us out.
Uh, we have uh, a couple minutes for questions for Make Audio Apps. I know I have one. Um, does the audience have any off the top of their heads? <clears throat> uh, where are you at with this, Chris? Is this an alpha or... So, beta? so t well, today actually at the at SF Music Tech, uh, I'm releasing the beta of it. Um, okay. It's a bit arbitrary, but I think it's good enough now that people can uh, uh, <laughs> people can go use it. It's it's up on GitHub. It's completely open source. So, uh, if anyone want to check it out, if you want to change it, uh, I'm really looking for contributors. Uh, I'd love to have. Um, uh, people help contribute to make more plugins for it. We could have like a, a good DSP library that uh, that all of the users could uh, go from. I'm hoping that other people collaborate, and you know, by having a bunch of people on it, we can make it something you know bigger than any one of us could do. So, super cool. This sounds really meta. I mean, I've heard of like audio apps, so I could make music like user generated. This is user generated audio apps, like. And it's really neat. How much code do you need to know? <laughs> so, like, just a little bit for JavaScript glue code. Like, most of it is really just wiring together plugins. Okay. Um, unless, you know, you're an expert, then you can also write your own plugins if you want to dig in there and, and do it. Um, I was trying to make it very easy. I'd like to, I'm going to try to do, like, 15 apps this year. Every couple of weeks, I'm going to spit out an app. Um, and I think that that's, uh, it's a fun thing to do, um, you know, to sort of... Um, uh, apps are small on mobile devices. They're, you really don't. Uh, it's nice to have something where you can get things up and running quickly. What open source license are you using for this? Um, so uh, it's it's the Apache license. So go ahead and use it pretty much like you want. It'd be nice if uh, people would uh, give us the recognition for using the tools. Sorry, can, what was the license called? Pa uh, Apache. Apache. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I don't have another question. I just have a comment, which is my upstairs neighbor is going to go to town on this thing. Tonight. I hope people make cool things. That's, that's <laughs> what it's there for. So. Cool. Hold on. Let's wait for the mic just because the audio is going to record it. People are going to listen to it later. Wondering if you're familiar with uh, Faust and if this is uh, similar or different, complementary. Uh, I, I was looking at that, and uh, um, I, I was thinking that it would be nice to make some of the lower-level stuff could exist in some of these other um, open-source libraries. Like, Faust, you could make the DSP engine there um, and then sort of plug it into my sort of user interface connections on it. Mm -hmm. The whole idea is that you sort of make an HTML interface and you bind the parameters to the two um, to plugins, and uh, so the Faust would make a nice way to make the plugin portion of it. So, right, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I think that's it for questions. Thanks so much, Chris Mulius. Thank you. With Make Audio Apps, thank you so much to all of our presenters today and to the crowd. Uh, we appreciate your time. It's obvious that there's a lot of great stuff going on. Have a good day. <laughs>